Hello, welcome to Women and Faith. My name is Stephanie Schwartz, and I'm the host of Women and Faith, a podcast to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. I read an article recently about the world's oldest terrarium. It's this big, giant glass bottle that sealed off, but it has a garden of plants thriving inside of it. Now, interestingly, this terrarium was only watered once in 53 years. As of today, it hasn't been watered since 1972. Pretty fascinating, right? Well, they say the light shines on the leaves through the bottle and photosynthesis takes place. When that happens, the plants emit oxygen. There's bacteria in the soil which take in the oxygen, consume any dead matter, and release carbon dioxide, which helps the plants to grow. Water is absorbed from the soil through the plant's roots. The water is released into the air through transpiration, and the water condenses back into the soil again. The cycle just repeats itself. Pretty amazing. Apparently, the terrarium has been in the same place in the owner's home for 27 years, and they say he plans to will it to his children one day. The self-sufficient terrarium. Well, almost self-sufficient. It did require that someone set it up, and it does require sunlight to survive. In A.W. Tozer's classic book, The Knowledge of the Holy, chapter 6, we're going to look at the self-sufficiency of God. Tozer begins with John 5.26. In John 5.26, Jesus said, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. Only God possesses life within himself. When it said that God granted the Son to have life in himself, it means the Son, Jesus, shares in his divinity. Although every living thing has been given life by God, God's life has not been given from another. Tozer describes God as the one who contains all, who gives all that is given, but who himself can receive nothing that he is not first given. To admit the existence of a need in God is to admit incompleteness in the divine being. Need is a creature word and cannot be spoken of the Creator. The things God made aren't meant to fulfill His needs. He didn't create because He lacked something. On the other hand, all creatures have needs. Whether it be air or food or water, we all need something to exist. Even the terrarium, someone set it up, and again, it needs sunlight, but not God. Literally, God needs nothing. We might wonder why God created it all, but one thing is for sure. He did not create to fulfill a need in himself. Tozer says the word need is wholly foreign to God. We know he can't be raised higher or promoted because there's nothing above him. There's nowhere higher for him to be. And he also can't be lowered or demoted. He can't be promoted or demoted by anyone. 
I love what Tozer said here. He said, were all human beings suddenly to become blind, still the sun would shine by day and the stars by night. For these owe nothing to the millions who benefit from their light. So were every man on earth to become an atheist. It could not affect God in any way. He is what he is in himself without regard to any other. To believe in him adds nothing to his perfections. To doubt him takes nothing away. When we think of God as anxious and eager, trying so hard to please humans and win their approval, we're not thinking of him rightly. And yet many see him this way. God doesn't only not need us. He doesn't need our help either. He doesn't need us to defend him. Our honor as humans comes not from the fact that God needs us, but because we've been created in his image. Our ultimate focus, then, is to be on God because he alone is worthy of our focus. Tozer said, God alone trusts in himself. All other beings must trust in him. So unbelief is a perverted faith because it puts our trust in ourselves rather than God. And Tozer adds, the Christ of popular Christianity has a weak smile and a halo. He has become someone up there who likes people, at least some people, and these are grateful but not too impressed. If they need him, he also needs them. Now, this is just wrong. Knowing that God is self-sufficient shouldn't make us serve him less, but it should really inspire us to serve him more. We serve him because he's chosen us to work with him in his great plan but not because his plan is thwarted without us. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Tozer says he needs no one. But when faith is present, he works through anyone. How amazing. Now, considering our battles with fear and worry and anxiety, it's important to remember that God doesn't need us, and he's not hindered by us. We can't mess up his plan, and no one can mess up God's plan for us. Next time, we'll walk through chapter 7, the eternity of God. But until then, let's really ponder the fact that God doesn't need us. And were all of humanity to be somehow destroyed, he wouldn't be lessened in any way. Nevertheless, he's chosen to involve us, you and me, in his grand plan. Now, Jesus said in Matthew eleven eighteen through 20, Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's interesting, the Greek word translated as yoke there meant a balance or scales. 
It was later applied to that harness that joined oxen together for farming and pulling carts. And eventually, it symbolized a harness that they put on captives or slaves under a conquering nation or king's control. But yoke here implies a close bond with Jesus, where the follower gives up his control. And interestingly, in verse 29, saying, take my yoke upon you, the animal is actually putting the yoke upon himself. When we willingly obey Jesus, we're promised his perfect peace and his guidance. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Please feel free to email me at WF for Women in Faith at compasschurch.org with any questions or comments that you might have. And I look forward to meeting again with you next time as we explore chapter seven, the eternity of God. <music>